passages this evening. The first is from Matthew 25, 31 through 46, on page 995 of the Pew Bibles. And the second is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and can be found on page 1174. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was ill, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was ill and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or ill or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And the second passage is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 on page 1174. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening to everyone. Uh, my name is Jelena Vilotievich, and I'm ministry trainee, and I just want to welcome you all. Uh, welcome to all of my friends and family back to, from Montenegro, also from uh, the Forum for Reconciliation and Forgiveness and Ambassadors for the Better World, and all of you who are for the first time here. And just a, a, a short sharing while I was preparing this uh, talk, I was thinking, reading this text, and I was thinking how actually is 
uh, so valuable for, for this time and for the place where I'm at. But the second thing that came on my mind is that you guys here in UK must love this text so much. It's about queuing. And you guys, you're you are doing it so well. And somehow in the last two years, even though if I'm Montenegrin, I managed to sink that culture of queuing, uh, which we in Montenegro, we really don't have. And, <laughs> and I kind of developed this silent tutting, and which kind of is art of my housemate when I see people pushing themselves in, in, in the queue, uh, even though if they are not the next one. But anyway, let's pray and let's see what God has for us tonight. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence and we acknowledge that. And uh, we thank you for uh, the gift uh, to be with you and to share with brothers and sisters uh, life and to just look in your word and to see, Lord, uh, what you want to teach us and how you want to work in us uh, through your Holy Spirit. So we welcome you and, Lord, would you be moving us and moving our hearts and growing a love for you and for the people around us as a result of this sermon. So use me, Lord, in your name. Amen. Uh, and as some of you know, I know, and they heard last week, I had this amazing privilege of traveling a lot last uh, month. I was in, in Montenegro. We did Camp Monte, which was great. I was also uh, in North Macedonia, this gathering of ambassadors for the, for the better world. But also something else uh, happened amazing in my life, and that was I had this amazing opportunity to fly priority for the first time. And it is amazing. I was so excited. I was uh, so excited to get in that queue and to stand with all that important people. I felt like I'm big cheese, and you know the feeling. It's all over overwhelming. And in that, I was standing, and I could see some kind of envious looks from the other side of the line, and some people who wanted to come in in the line by where I am, but they didn't have a ticket, which kind of, it doesn't allow them to come and join. And also from Macedonia, I flew, again, priority. And if you flew priority, you know that you have a lot of space for your legs, so you can enjoy a comfortable seat. You get served in the first people, and coffee is very important for travels. And uh, it is just an amazing thing. And I thought to myself, I can do this all the time. <laughs> and the only annoyance that I had traveling like that was screaming child behind me. And I thought to myself, okay, it is okay. It will, it will stop. And then soon after that, I realized that mother that is sitting next to me is the mother of the screaming child behind. So she asked me if I don't mind moving from my seat uh, and just letting her husband and child to sit. And in the first place, I said, yes, let's do that. And while we were waiting for the uh, flight attendants to just move a little bit slowly so we can swap, I suddenly became more aware of the pain that I had in my back, and I had it through the whole week, but suddenly started to be more intensive, and all that cramp that I will have and everything, and I just apologized and uh, said that I would rather stay on my seat. And I thought to myself, if I am the person tonight to speak on this topic, if I am standing in front of you and I'm speaking about kindness and goodness as a mark of godliness, I can't stand and not 
confess this to God and to you. And to be honest, it, this whole situation is like a rock in my shoe since that day. And I can't get it from my head. And it's still there and it still bothers me. You know, I failed to do good, something good for that family that day. I just reacted kindly, but I didn't do anything. I didn't follow up. And I failed also to love them sacrificially, the way how Jesus loved, loved me. Jesus gave himself for me. And here I was. I failed to meet the immediate need of this family. And I didn't reflect the love of the one who can meet our ultimate needs. And that's met in Christ when he, Christ died for us and for me. And in his book uh, that uh, I was reading, The Practice of Godliness, Jerry Bridges says that kindness is sincere desire for the well-being of those around us. Where goodness, on the other hand, involves deliberate needs that are helpful to others. So in other words, by desiring to meet someone's immediate needs, we are showing kindness. But when we do the deed and respond to these immediate needs, we are showing goodness. And that is why I say I failed to do good. I failed to do some good for this family. And I know that we are all work in progress. I know that we all have stories and stories where we did good, but also where we failed. And I know that also in, in his grace, he is going to forgive us. But in his grace, we are also able to do good. He is our potential to do good. Not us, not ourselves. He is the one who is our potential. So if we look a little bit in our text that we uh, read tonight, we can see that Jesus is painting the reality, reality of last days, of the judgment. And we see that everyone is going to be judged, both the righteous ones, but also the unrighteous. And he is painting the picture, I would say parallel picture, because we see that on one side, there is going to be those who can take the inheritance that God the Father prepared in advance for them. And we see that that parallel reality, that some of them are not going to be able to join. And we also see that all the nations will be gathered there, there, not just one nation. All the nations will be gathered in front of the king. And differently to the story that I shared where flight attendants kind of split us in the two groups, where one is the priority side and the other one is second side, second line or second class. Here we see that Jesus is the one who is splitting the people, who is putting them on the right hand, where they are the sheep, and uh, on the left, where are the goats. The one who is chief, shef chief shepherd is going to be splitting people. And we see that some people will go and join him, but also we see bitter reality of those who are not going to go in the same place. Reality is, whether you are priority class or second class, you are going on the same plane. 
But in this case, Jesus says, no, not everyone is invited. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. We see that Jesus is the one who is going to be the king. He is the one who is going to come back in his glory. And we also have to have in mind that this is the text uh, that uh, speaks about last days. This is the text uh, which uh, is kind of response to the question that he was asked, what are going to be the signs when he comes? And the spotlight also, just in the text before this one, is are we busy with the master's business? Are we busy with the works that he prepared in advance for us? Do we live our life today as if he is coming today? Are we meeting the needs of people around us in order to reflect and kind of point on him who is going to come and who is going to be the only person and who is the only person who can meet ultimate needs and that is reconciliation with the Father through him. So thing is obvious. He's going to come back and he's not going to be like cute baby that he came in the first place, all sweet, that angels sang, uh, that wise men came and gave the gifts. No, he's going to come in the glory. He's going to come and all the nations will behold his majesty. He's going to be the one that everyone will admit that he is the king. And he is going to separate people and he is authority and his kingship. And it might sound silly for us today in London when we hear this use of language when he's speaking about sheep and goat, but people who were listening in that time, they knew that he's speaking about a sheep as a mild and clean animal and goats as a different and as a dirty animal. And if, uh, if you ever heard about sheep and goats and how shepherds are looking after them, shepherds would never put goats and sheep together to eat the meal because sheep doesn't like anything that is dirty would not eat dirty hay. Their goats really doesn't care. They don't care at all. Sheep would not drink from muddy water. God would. Doesn't care. And that is why Jesus is using this powerful language just to give the point, just to tell something to those who are listening. And he says, Come all you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. But who are those who are on the right hand side? And why they are there? Because we have this sense that he's referring to and speaking to both sides. And for some reason, when we read this verse 35, where he says, for I, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was stranger, you invited me. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. It seems what he's speaking about that if you do something, if you have certain deeds, that is the precondition to take the inheritance. And is it something that Jesus is saying? Or is something something else? Jesus is saying, 
on the surprise that both sides have, especially speaking first to the sheep, that those deeds that they did are in first place their reflection of their faith. Because they could not do that in, if in first place they recognize, didn't recognize Jesus for who he is. Because verse 37 is revealing something very special. He says, then the righteous will answer to him. And the righteous ones are not there just because of the deeds or for something good that they did. The righteous ones are those who are in right relationship with him. And that is what makes them to be on that side. And works, in this case, are just overflow of their faith. They are a result of that faith that they have. They are a result of everything that they recognize that King did for them. As a result that they recognize Jesus as the one who given himself for them. And that is what makes them on this side. They are blessed by the Father because he is the one who brought them in the in kingdom. They are in this line because they recognize the voice of the shepherd. They are there because they acknowledge the kindness and goodness that Jesus has shown to them. And they received it for, it for themselves, which is also very, very important. The righteous ones, they perform these deeds of kindness and goodness, responding to the immediate needs of those around them. And they didn't keep track of them. They didn't put the big board and said, look what I did. And similarly, when we meet Jesus in eternity, to these people who said, well, wait, when did we not, when did we see you naked and we gave you clothes and when did we feed, when did we see you hungry and we fed you? We might come in front of Jesus in the future when he comes and he can say these things and we can be surprised because we didn't keep the records of good deeds that we did. But he might have the list of all these things. And he will have a list of these things. And he will say, Guy, the other day, or Guy, when you went that day to go uh, Tom Watts in hospital, that is when you served me. Or person who just a few months ago did the amazing thing. I knew that she was collecting so many things for this uh, single mom that is her friend and to provide for her all that she needed in that moment. Microwave, iron, iron board, all important things, food. Jesus is going to say that day and that week when you were bothering with that things, this is when you saw me in this person. And I can keep repeating I can take people that I know that they did deeds of goodness and kindness in this place and I can just start saying names and saying things that they did. And that is what Jesus is going to see. But they are, again, I'm repeating, they are just a natural overflow of their faith and their love for Jesus. And 
Later on, we see that he extends the calling. In first place, we see that he says, whenever you did these things to brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Well, obviously, Jesus is saying, those who are around us are brothers and sisters. They have kind of, they are those who should be primary uh, people, those who will first benefit from our kindness and goodness. But then he later on says, whenever you did this to the least of those, he goes further. Whenever you did for the least of those, you did it for me. And yes, around this room, there are probably people who need to benefit from your kindness and goodness. Is it time or just conversation? I don't know what it is. But in a way, how you are going to respond to those needs that they will possibly present in front of you, that is how Jesus is going to see how much you love him and do you love him. In the ways how we do these things, is it going to prove are we doing the right thing in his eyes? And after this, speaking to the, those on the right side, he is continued to speak those on the left. And he's asking them to depart from him. And it's quite heartening to hear, depart from me because you are cursed. And for them, there was no place in the kingdom. For them was prepared the eternal fire. And as I previously mentioned, there was a surprise, but on both sides. And both sides are kind of saying the same thing. But those on the left side are rejected. And they are rejected again, not just because they didn't do deeds. They might do the deeds, but in first place, they didn't recognize Jesus for who he is. They didn't recognize Jesus for what he did for them. And they didn't recognize God the Father for the goodness that he has shown to everyone through, through his son. And that is why they are on different sides. Brothers and sisters, the genuine love for God and recognizing for who he is will have end results in, joy, in showing our kindness and goodness. It, it is not possible to fail because our goodness and our kindness and all the deeds are just going to be proof and evidences of our faith that is alive. They are not our ticket to heaven. You can see I love flying. They are not ticket to heaven. But they are evidences of our genuine love for Jesus. They are not going to help us to earn salvation. But our heart, it will show that our heart is filled with compassion and love for Jesus and for those around us. That is why they are so important. And in, in his uh, letter to the Ephesians, Paul is saying, you are saved by grace through faith. So there is no confusion how we are saved. But then he said, and then 
God the Father prepared the works for you in advance. So it is already prepared for us in advance. And God graciously put those opportunities in front of us. So are we going to take the opportunity to show kindness and goodness? Are we going to show our love? Are we going to show compassion? You know, eight, and I'm just giving the story not to show how good I am, but just how simple things we can do and still bless people around us. Eight months ago, I adopted a friend. His name is John, and he is homeless. Uh, so whenever I go uh, either in gym or in Cardinal Place or I'm walking for some other reason that direction I see him, first thing that I do, I go to Pratt and I buy black Americano and I buy brownie because he loves it. And I go and I catch up with him. I speak to him and I offer prayer. And sometimes he let me to pray for him. And sometimes he just say, says he's fed up with life. And I respect that. But whenever I go the next time, I still offer the prayer. And we are all capable of things like this. So God doesn't prepare for us work that are just, that only superhuman beings can do. And he's not asking from us to do only things that superhuman can do. He's asking from us that simple proofs of our faith and that simple things to do in order to reflect his kindness and his goodness and his love and his care for the people. That is what he does. And in front of us are plenty of opportunities. We live in central London. And it can be smile to the neighbor. It can be homeless person. It can be anywhere around us. And God prepared those works for us. So what is the take from, uh, for us from this text? How we can do this practically? And I would say the first thing possibly would be, again, thanking God for that cross. Thanking Jesus and recognizing him for what he did for us. And that is where everything starts. It starts in recognizing him on the cross, dying for us. And everything that we do after that moment is because of that cross. Should we thank him for what he did for us? Who are the people around us or who are the people that we are benefiting from their kindness and goodness? Can we name them? Can we think about those deeds that they shown to us and are we thanking God for them as a people? Are we thanking them for those deeds? Do we recognize them for them? Who are the people that could benefit from our deeds of kindness and goodness? Again, is it friend who needs friend? Is it friend who needs time? Because I know time is money. But is it time something that we can give and offer to someone and through that show kindness and goodness? Is it friend who needs our speaking truth in love? That is how we are going to show kindness to our brothers and sisters. And finally... Pray. Pray hard. 
You see, I didn't, because I'm special and amazing, recognize my sin of omission on that plane. God showed me through his spirit, and he moved my heart to recognize that. Pray hard. Self-examination is so, so important. One thing that uh, was amazing for me to hear on biblical counseling is uh, to pray and say, God, what are the things that I am getting and I don't want in this moment? And what are the things that I want but I'm not getting in this moment? And what they are trying to say through that is, how is your relationship on horizontal level? How is your relationship with God? Because again, it starts there on the cross. Because if our relationship with God and on horizontal level is good, our relationship on, is it vertical? Never mind, you understand. (laughs) Our relationship this way is going to show. And the way how I'm going to treat people, the way how I'm going to live out my faith is going to have proof in that. Because it is, if this is good, this is also going to be good. Because it started there again. Started on, on that cross. So my prayer for us as a church, my prayer for us as a, uh, disciples of Jesus is going to be that we will always start there, recognizing him for what he did for us. And then that, that we will not stop there but that we will be fruitful in our deeds of kindness and goodness. And we are all capable of that. Because he is our potential. Thank you.